Welcome back to Booked on Stingency, the podcast. This is officially episode number four. And you guys, we did it. Four episodes this year. We started a little bit late, um, but I'm happy to have rolled these out. And I couldn't be more thrilled than to end the year with this particular episode because I'm joined by the power duo, as I'm told, Katie Wilcox, Nikki Mann of Natural Models in Los Angeles. Um, I had a lot of fun interviewing them both because they're both super charismatic, really funny, and they have a lot of great things to say. Um, we learned about Katie and Nikki's first jobs when they were starting out. That's always fun to hear about. Um, and I like to embarrass them a little bit, but um, not too embarrassing. Uh, I think the most embarrassing part of this podcast is my dad joke in the very beginning, which you'll hear soon. Uh, take it or leave it. Sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Uh, you decide. We also learn about uh, Katie and the Healthy is the New Skinny venture that she leads. We hear about how Nikki met Katie and how that eventually led her to become the head booker at Natural Models. Like I said, the power duo, they're crushing it. Uh, breaking down barriers, getting their talent on the runway with Rihanna and her Fenty fashion line. Um, we hear about new terminology uh, that I didn't know about, maybe you didn't know about either, uh, that's used in the fashion world. Um, I don't know, just all kinds of great takeaways from this podcast, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And if I had to have one major takeaway, I'd say it's positivity. Um, Nikki and Katie are pushing out positivity into the world, and that seems to be attracting the right people back to natural models and just strengthening their movement even more, and I freaking love it, and I hope you do too. Um, Let's take a listen. Nikki, don't be inappropriate. It's up to you. You can be inappropriate. We're just going to cut it out. <laughs> yeah, no bleeping. So. Oh, well, that might be the first one. That's uh, on me. <laughs> I've got a whole uh, catalog of like sound effects, so I need to use them. Perfect. Yeah, I, and I, just, I just haven't had a chance yet. I love the F word. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> well, we can let it fly <laughs> as much as you want. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're in downtown. Thank you guys for meeting up with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, before we jump in, how about we do some proper introductions? Yes. Why don't you tell me who you are and uh, what you do? I am Katie Wilcox, and I'm the founder and CEO of Natural Model Management in Los Angeles. All right. I'm Nikki. I'm the head booker at Natural Models. Amazing. Wonderful to have you guys Dream here. Dream team. Yeah. Let's just that's what I, that. That's what I hear. The power duo. I got it. <laughs> I like to, I wanted to kind of start this uh, podcast with um, a question that I like to ask everyone. Um, what was your first job? Do you remember? Yeah. So I actually started modeling when I was 17. So I had only a few jobs right before that which were uh, retail jobs that were terrible but I worked for a store called Fashion Bug and I actually talked about this because I was like how are these people in manager positions I was in high school and my manager (laughs) was not very bright and I was like how are you my boss and this is crazy that you're in charge of running stuff she would tell me to go change the vocal points in front of the store and I'm like the hmm. vocal point do you mean the focal points like the posters right yeah, that i'd be like oh my <laughs> god but ironically that was the first 
big campaign I booked in New York. So I ended up being on the store posters in the retail store that no I worked way. at. And it was like the weirdest, funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so people would come in and at this point you're not making enough money to not still have a job, even though you might book something here and there. Right. And so people would come in and be like, is that you on that poster? And I'm like, Actually, it is. <laughs> and I'm going to be quitting very soon. <laughs> and yeah, it was really funny. That's how that all transpired for me. That's wild. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to see yourself in the store that you worked at. It was super yeah. weird. And that was also the first time I saw um, retouched images. Mm. And I just was t touching on this before because they were still airbrushing everything and it wasn't digital as film. Right. So the second time I worked for that client, I was never been to New York, thought I was getting murdered in the car service. They drove me to Brooklyn. I'm like, I'm literally going to die. Like people are going to murder me, mom. Like, I don't know where I'm at. And cause my mom was a single mom and worked. So I had to go by myself. I just, that was what you have to do. And you were a teenager at this uh, point. Yeah. And yeah. I'd never been to New York. So oh it's just, and I grew up in Wyoming and Washington state. So it's just a lot. And I saw them, my pictures laid out on a table with all the Sharpie circles on what they were going to change. Oh, and wow. I was literally like, what the F like really they took off my beauty mark they said one of my eyes was bigger than the other and like they had all these notes of like all the things they were changing and I that was such a great lesson for me too to be like this is what we've conditioned ourselves to see as flaws that aren't flaws right and like just actually I didn't know they did that to pictures so when they do it to you you're like oh shit like maybe I'm not that cute or maybe you know you start that's right. the process of like checking yourself yeah. and like think, rethinking everything and yeah. that's what's happened to everybody not just it used to be just models and now as the general public has been exposed to very easy tools to drastically alter themselves mm -hmm. everyone's doing that it's so weird it's like almost um it's like a crime against yourself i feel like when you see that and you're like oh that sucks that someone did that to you but now we do it to ourselves right so it's a weird evolution of something that really shouldn't have never been a thing they've been conditioning us basically throughout all yeah. this print and media and stuff uh yeah, yeah. super that's terrible so that must have been like your first introduction to all of it that yeah, <laughs> yeah. seeing all what goes on with modeling yeah totally nikki what about you I first job cinema and it was so fun we were just talking you about we this just talked about this yeah. yesterday um i would totally go back and work there if uh, natural models doesn't work out for me but yeah we were saying we're those people that we we're talking about people who are miserable yeah. at their job. I think we're in the Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco Bell drive through. We're like, man, she really hates her life. And I was yeah. like, look, I would still have fun if I worked at Taco Bell totally. drive through. Like, yeah. I would know everybody. I'd be like, dude, your burrito's gonna be bomb today. I talked yeah. to the people in the back. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We just are those kind of people. So she was talking about how fun. I had the so movie much fun theater. working there. It was awesome. Uh, do you? Did you? Obviously, you got to see your pick of any movie, right? Like, yeah, you, every week we movie? got like fifty cent tickets, two of them, so we could go. Oh, nice! What yeah. was a big movie at that time? Do you remember? Borat. Borat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember because I was like the girl that like ripped the ticket at the front, yeah. and then you'd have to like go do your walkthroughs, um, and so many people came out complaining about that movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I think Borat was like one of those first ones that kind of like shocked you, it, and yeah. it was like a mainstream movie. It wasn't just yeah. Yeah. when they rent this in the you know scuzzy video store yeah. it was like everywhere we were just so talking cool. about the one of the other characters he did where he was casting for kids and he was interviewing parents who wanted their kids to be famous did oh you guys see God. that no, no you have to look it up or google it because he's like got a whole casting thing and people are, are coming in with their infants and he's like 
Mm, I think she might need to lose maybe like four pounds before. Oh and he's like making up just absurd, ridiculous things. And these parents are like, I think we could do that. Yeah. Are you serious? As, as long as no they get way. the lead role, I think they could do that. And he's oh, like, we might wow. need to hang your baby upside down on the cross. Like Jesus. Um, <laughs> it, would that be okay with you? And they're like, I think so. I think that maybe it would be okay. And you're like, oh my gosh, no, what so is wrong, wrong with these yeah. people? But it's really funny. You should watch it. Oh my gosh. Again, it like ties it all together of like how warped our whole yeah. culture around yeah. this and like how fame people, is. It's like really weird. And how people are willing to do like anything it takes, like yeah. anything, even your kid. Like, Did you see This Is America, his other series? No, not yet. Oh my gosh. We, we Sounds like we have some too. diehard Borat fans. Yeah. Well, we're just a diehard comedy fan. Like, yeah. I love comedy. And I, I have to say, like, I do hate the, like, hypersensitive state that everyone is in. Mm -hmm. It's just, it takes, like, the fun and joy out of life. Like, obviously, yes, when people are intending to be hurtful and saying really offensive, mean things with the intent to harm, for sure, that's not acceptable and we shouldn't tolerate that. But comedy's not that. Like, we all go there to laugh at ourselves. Right. Like, we go there, and if you can't laugh at yourself, then, like, where's the fun in life? And people, I just talked about a comedian, Bill Burr. I think he's, yeah. oh, we just went to his show. He's, he's so funny. And he did a whole thing before about plus-size models in the past. Like, something about, like, the runway broke or some, something like that. And we were dying because we've been in this industry for a long time. We're like, the runway broke. <laughs> yeah, because plus-size models. Yes, I like, just got that. Like, oh it was God. something like that. And it was just, like, it was really funny. And I'm like, why? I don't, I don't see taking offense in everything. I think there's humor in all things in life and, like, just approaching things that way where you're, like, not everything's personal to you. Sure. So um, we're big comedy fans and just being lighthearted in all that we do at work with just people. It's just a much more fun way to do business. But you guys are like that. I think that's yeah. kind of like the modern yeah. day approach to business <laughs> is we all have great <laughs> ideas and we're innovative, but we also want a different quality of life than maybe our parents had. Totally. Or, you know, professionally, you're like, you hate life and what's the point? Right. So even though you work so hard to get there. So we're trying to create things differently for how we operate and live and know we'll attract that type of person and people who don't fit there's somewhere else that where they do fit and we kind of just roll like that right and we were kind of talking about this in the elevator ride up that um i think there is a place for for everybody and just because you have your sights set on one thing doesn't mean it's exactly right for you but in so doing of like setting up your company the way that you guys do you're going to attract the people that are meant for that job in that space. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it gets, that messaging makes sense mm. to people who are business minded, but it gets very confusing to people who want to be a model because they're like, mm. okay, I've followed all the things you asked. I took the digitals. I've done this. What, what else do I need to do to get noticed? Right. And they're like, you just don't have what it takes to be a model. And that's coming from people. makes you be like, Oh, what an asshole for yeah. saying that to what me. What we were just saying as well in Starbucks before we came, not just like every pretty girl is a model. And I think that's yeah. where like people are getting confused and like with the whole Instagram model thing right. at the moment, like it's just really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> like my DMs are not full of dudes. They're full of women wanting to be a model. Yeah. And it's so sad for me to see like even just putting, bring up two of the pages right now, like they're so opposite. And mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I don't know. It's I don't hard. know how to say it it's not, in a describe. nice way. It's, yeah. it's, well, because they don't see model. it. So, like, that's something we were talking about. We got 3,000 submissions in our emails. So we More missed smokes. a few good ones because it takes us so long to click through them. And I'm clicking with the, my finger on the delete button. So I, as soon as the image loads, it's delete. And it's literally the next, the it's next, It's kind of like Tinder swiping. It really I'll is. It's, it. it's oh one second of the first image that pops up. That's all I look, and it's like, maybe, let me look at Instagram, no. Okay, next, boom, boom, boom. So for people who don't understand the business or haven't had the experience of seeing what photographs well, what looks, you know, clients like, they don't understand, like, well, I kind of look like this girl. And you're like, yeah, you kind of do, but you're not that girl, right. you know? So mm. how do you explain that to people without it being a complete attack against their sense of self? Because it's them and it's the way they look. And right. so it's super sensitive and we are very sensitive, but also people will say, well, you didn't respond to me. And you're like, we got 3000 submissions. Do you know how long that would take me to By the time respond? you finish that list, you'd be on to the next list. Because right? what do you yeah. think is going to happen if I write back and say, thank you for submitting, but it's a pass right now. We're going to get an email back going, why? Right. And now we're in this whole dialogue with yeah. a stranger who we're never going to make money off of, <laughs> who we can't help. And n instead we should be working and like focusing on our talent. Like, talent, so yeah. I, I really want to help people understand that this is a full-fledged business this isn't how you quote unquote live your dream mm -hmm. and I think that has been a lie that we've told I fell victim to it America's Next Top Model brainwashed an entire generation of women into thinking this is how you're special this is how you help society wow and yeah. it's 100% not true this is if you're a model your job is to sell products so I think women are so desperate to be like, I have goodness and I have a gift and I want to help people. I need to be famous first. Then I'll be a humanitarian that makes a difference. And you're like, please tell me what celebrities do that. Right. Very few, if any. You're like, so this, this idea that fame is what propels someone's goodness is just an illusion. Like that's not actual truth. Mm -hmm. And so there are messaging and there's girls that we have that are really they're not traditional models. We signed a girl that's 5'2". No one would take her. And we're like, I'm telling you, just, she's a character, though. She's an, honestly a superstar. She calls I'm herself so the Hood Fairy. and amazing. <laughs> I found her I on her. Instagram. Oh and I'm like, gosh. who is this girl? Her face looks like Adriana Lima. Mm. She grew up in Queens. She's just, she's a, a singer. She's 5'2". She looks like a Bratz doll. Her name's Jarlene, if you guys listening want to look her up. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't, she's short I don't think any we don't know but I'm just gonna take her because she's special there's something about her and we've booked her on multiple beauty campaigns like huge wow, jobs mm -hmm. and yeah. all the New York agencies said no and then after we got her in with CoverGirl and NYX Cosmetics and all these like funky cool things that totally fit her vibe New Dull York skill, <laughs> like yeah all the New York agencies are like oh okay well we would like to meet her and we're like oh oh so, so all of a sudden, now yeah. and that's how it works yeah. it's like you just have to take that risk. you have to take the risk and we don't lose anything in taking a risk on someone that we think is special it's just you invest time and effort and, right and when it comes to the business side if you do all of that for someone and we're not getting any response from clients, that's what the decision is. It's not our personal view on someone. It's not like, oh, I I don't like her, so I'm not going to submit her to clients. And girls think this way. They sure. think 
we play favorites not just us but agencies in general that there's favorites played and if you don't do what they say then they'll cock block you from clients there is that that goes on not with us and that's how stingency's helped us how we can bring that in for me we used to use the um wink wink not paid or sponsored (laughs) (laughs) Um, no but being honest but should be (laughs) is the program we were using before um we were using that when I first started and then we jumped onto Syngency um pretty soon after I started but being able to show the girls like you know Katie gets it because she was an she's an agent and a model Mm -hmm. before but me I don't get sometimes what the girls are saying like I have had like frustration times where Katie will sit me down and be like no but this is you got to see it from the model's perspective but now when I have girls complaining and all this stuff when I know I work my ass off there and get hardly any sleep and then I have girls complaining I'm like okay come on in come sit down and I can show you all I'm doing mm-hmm. like and that's because of syngency and I know other agencies who aren't using syngency when they should um they yes, can't do should. that and then that's where like the cu- miscommunication between the model and the girl and then I think like, it's also a power dynamic and mm-hmm. it has been for a long time where all the power has been in the hands of the agency. Mm-hmm. Even there's the model Alliance and they're trying to fight to change contract laws in New York city because Definitely, they're yeah. completely ridiculous and they're one-sided and they've had attorneys review them and the attorneys like, well, this looks like a contract between a pimp and a prostitute, oh not gosh. a working relationship yeah. because it's one-sided and it's three years. They have no obligations to show that they're doing anything for you and if you like you have no right to work so if they shelf you and or you go to them in our situation a model is not working and you're like hey I've done all the test shoots you asked me to do I'm here I'm not getting much response can I come in and see like who you've pitched me to like they would never allow they would just say no they would literally be like no just we'll call you if we have something for you and the mentality is that there's a revolving door of talent which there in fact is yeah And we will always get good submissions, but when you treat people like they're replaceable, that's not a good business model. And it's not a healthy ethical business practice. And that's one of the things that we've come to learn and go, okay, so we know with social media in the mix, it heightens anxiety. It's really bad for mental health. Mm -hmm. When it comes to models working, people are dishonest. They'll post like an onset selfie from four months ago. I'm like, oh, I had an amazing shoot today. Can't tell you what it is, but stay right. tuned. Like just there's a lot of fluff. And then girls see that and are like, oh, who's she working it's for? It's an instant jealousy kind yeah, of like or FOMO, yeah, uh, if you FOMO will, for, for missing sure. out. Yeah. And so what girls do is they look at what everyone else is doing. And no matter how great they're doing, it negates all of that. And yes. it's like, okay, yeah, we're and we have to bring this to their attention. We're like, all right, so in the past three months, you made $64,000. I'm curious why you're in here complaining. Like, where's the gratitude in that you have this opportunity that like 1% of the population has? Where's the, the, the positivity of all the great things that you've done when you just looked at someone else's Instagram and let that take away all of the things in progress right. that you've made? So and people think that models don't have these problems and i'm like it's worse when you're a model because you see what people are doing and when i started there wasn't social media so we didn't know who booked what until it came out like four months later until you saw it in print and by then you're like oh who cares like it's already done you know (laughs) so it's a lot of anxiety and a lot of like underlying competitiveness and one of the things we're really working to do is to get girls to to shift that to being like 
if one person gets in with a client and it wasn't you this time, guess what? They come back to us asking for more girls. They just mm -hmm. open the door for you to get in with that client. And if you start looking at the girls we work with as teammates and right. celebrate their victories because yours are coming too, then we create a whole different dynamic in the industry on set. It just attracts more positive things to us as a whole, like everybody. 100%, I love that, that you just said that. I think um, when people work together in any kind of company, it's a team effort. Yeah. And so many people look at it as an individual stance. What's in it for me? How do I get to the top of this group? When actually like everyone's working together to help each other out. I think that's really amazing. I feel like our girls are pretty good like that. I want to yeah. say whenever I do sign a new face and they move into town or something, I'm like, come on, just move to town. And they're like, I don't know anyone. But I'm like, you will know someone. As soon as you go to a casting and someone knows you're from Natural, they're going to take you to lunch. Like, they're all really good friends. So right. I feel like we are changing that at Natural. That, that's never been we the case like before. We have, like, a <laughs> reputation, <laughs> like not with those. Now. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, that was the idea of like, even with agencies, like you can't root for girls with other agencies. It's like very That's, tribal. Oh, I work yeah. out with girls yeah. from Wilhelmina we and do. all that we're every morning. I love them. They're great. <laughs> we see girls all the time from other agencies and we're like, oh my God, she's so amazing. Like yeah. we love her. Maybe yeah. one day she'll like find us or whatever. It's not like we're, we have less because we're happy for other people. And yeah. uh, we just... Nikki booked two of our models on the Rihanna Savage Fenty show. Yeah. And we were the only, right on, the only agency to have two curved models in that show out of IMG, out of all these huge New York agencies. Our little old agency from Los Angeles had two mm -hmm. girls on that show. I Nikki was backstage. was backstage oh my goodness. <laughs> with everybody. And what was amazing about that show, and we like got emotional watching it. I and cried. I cried like a, like a crazy person. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But <laughs> it was just like, you know, 17 years of working towards these things changing and people right. don't realize just in the last two years, how are we seeing diversity? And it's just the tip of the iceberg of diversity. We want to like applaud ourselves for it because we're like, oh, look at us. Look how, how all these boxes were checking. Yeah. We should be proud. That just happened. But people have been working for that change for 20 years. And so when we saw that show and it wasn't just all of the models or personalities, it was the dancers. Like how many of those dancers were told, regardless of how good you are, you're not pretty enough or you're right. too big or you're too muscular or you don't fit in this cookie cutter box of what dancers should be. So you right. don't, they get the all chance. moved exactly the they same. I am so inspired by them. They were so, and they were like running back and forth backstage, yeah. like four outfit changes. Oh it was just like, go, go, go. They, were incredible. And I thought it was so interesting. Perspective changes everything. So when you watch a show like that and people are extremely talented, they're all different and all these different types of beauty and this gorgeous like styling and the whole show was just like, it changed the game forever. We're like, okay, now you watch a regular runway show and we're all going to be bored to tears. You know, yeah. like we're going to all expect this huge so production. Much, yeah. Like you said, diversity yeah. and just like, yeah, just so many. It's on Amazon spaces. prime. You should yeah. watch it. But I, I want to, they used great. like Gigi Hadid and a few of these mm -hmm. like superstars and having the perspective of seeing so much diversity, it actually, they were and this isn't in an offensive way. They were the least interesting thing about the show. Sure. Yes. They looked beautiful, but we've seen that so, so much that it was so interesting to see the different types of beauty that have never seen. Right. Like we were looking to see who else is in this. So it brought a very interesting perspective to 
the Victoria's Secret brainwashing that we all experienced. And, and I would love to hear the male perspective on that because as much as women were affected by this one ideal of what sexy is or beautiful is, so were men. Yeah. And I feel like that's starting to slowly change too, where guys are starting to have more confidence to be like, I like what I like. Why, why do you care what I like? Yeah, exactly. It's very well, strange. When you get in like a stereotype, even with inside your own head mm-hmm. about like what you look for in a person can be very, yeah, misleading and confusing. And it's not always like your right choice or, or you know, you might be masking it because of, you know, the mainstream well, I think media. guys get shamed a lot from other guys. Like when we oh, talk, yeah, like why are you uh, doing that? Yeah, yeah, take you could get this girl. You could, and it's really yeah. like the Her guys are just flat. mad yeah, that you're not know. giving them attention. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, the girls like killed your bromance is all yeah. it is. So they just like tear her apart physically. Like, um, yeah. Re- oh my gosh, I have had yeah. <laughs> Let's hear best, it. Well, Let me no, hear. just friends that were just mean to me and like girls I dated because they were jealous that like now, uh, now we, won't, we don't get to hang as much. But you know, yeah. That's your exactly butts can be your worst enemies sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, my yeah. husband's the same. Like yeah. he would, uh, he's never, he was a fitness model and in that industry, but he's just never been attracted to like a straight size model body. He's mm-hmm. like, I, I get it for fashion, I guess. He's like, but honestly, when I can see every single bone in someone's back, when they bend over, like the, in real life, it looks very different than what it looks like in a campaign. Right. And he would just be very open and being like, that's just not my, I just not my flavor. Like that does yeah. nothing for me. I can respect someone who's in, maybe works out a lot or like it takes a nice picture, but just not my flavor. Like I like more of just like a thicker like woman. Sure. And even saying that like back then was like, Oh, like, you know, like he okay, would get man. shit for it. Yeah. yeah. yeah right, right. Now I the think, razzing. you yeah. know, as much as, the Kardashians have created some really unhealthy beauty ideals. They have just shifted that ideal in terms of like people want these curvy bodies. And so for us, it's kind of an interesting world that we're in because we have girls that are like a size six and they're considered curve and they're five foot 10 or 11. So in real life in the Midwest where I'm from, that's a super skinny person. Right. (laughs) Right. Like people are going to force feed you food at dinner and be like, well, she must have a problem because she's so skinny. And in the modeling industry, that's curvy. So I also think there's a lot of stuff the general public their perceptions are off in terms of like, what do you envision when you hear a plus size? Because Mm -hmm. our size six model is considered plus size compared to the size zero two girl who is 19% underweight for her height. So there's a lot of like technicality in there that when people can see it, they go, Oh, okay. That actually makes sense. And then there is plus size in real life, which is size 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, like actually very right. plus size. So how do so, they, um, how in the industry do they classify that? How do they come up with like, what is a plus size and what's there's not? new terminology emerging. Okay. If you want, we just had this whole debate the other day too. We'll get we into do, Yeah. So you can start. Um, so yeah, we represent on our board. We have from size six all the way through to a 22. Mm-hmm. So at the, m- like my 14 plus girls, 14, 16 is like the main booked size. And that's like the sample size. That's like more e-com and stuff. But at the moment, we've just done like a huge, um, we've signed probably like seven girls on the back end. Um, and they're all in betweeny sizes. So we call them the in-betweenies extended sizing. So it's like the medium large 
XL maybe, but that's like from like a six to a 10 and they're picking up so much, not so much for like e-com, but these campaigns and there's so much money in that. Wow. So it's really cool to see the industry change that way of like, it's usually like your straight size. So one extreme or your plus plus size to the other extreme. But what about all these in like the like our sizes like I think wasn't really being represented right. i'll help explain for people who don't know what we're talking about too is size diversity used to just be on the plus size spectrum so straight size clients and we say straight size which means they only use straight size models which are a zero to two so every model we're seeing on every store billboard is a zero or two so there was no size diversity in those clients that carry sizes zero to 12. So major brands, every size diversity campaign came from plus size brands, which carry size 12 sometimes, but usually start at a 14 up. So when I was a size six, I was still modeling for plus size brands wearing padding Oh, and wow. they no would kidding. be using I all bet you didn't know that they would nope. be using <laughs> yes we were wearing like a padded suit to some fill girls out, still do that yeah wow. to fill out the samples so now the straight size brands are getting shit for not having any size diversity and just having these this very unrealistic body type so they need curve models also but they don't carry plus size clothing so they can't go with the size 14 model because their brand stops at a 12. Yeah. So they need a size eight or a size 10, like that could still be on brand for them. And that's what they're calling extended sizing. So it is technical in the sense of saying, you know, a lot of people I think are really unrealistic when they're saying every brand should have a zero to size 30. And you're like, okay, economically that is impossible. <laughs> like yeah. the amount of cost and clothing and manufacturing and ways exactly. to create all this. Yeah. So we have to be realistic to say, but also when you're getting into size 22, 26, 28 and up, they are specialty sizes. So you want to have a different cut. You want to have people dedicated to creating that clothing to fit that specialty size in the way that's different than just scaling up from a size 10, which is not the same thing. So I think there's been some sensitivity around that where people are, are like, everyone should carry my size. And you're like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that it's for petite women. We can't make all the pants short because there are a lot of tall people. Right. So they need specialty design and they need specialty samples. It's the same for like super plus. And then I think there's that range in the middle where people can go, okay, Target does a great job. Kohl's does a phenomenal job in their catalogs. They use all ages, all sizes. Like it's just beautiful, like yeah. inclusion of all diversity. So the brands that are big enough that can support that kind of um, investment, Commerce, yeah. but also this is the first time we're, we're seeing this and we can't just assume it's going to sell. So <laughs> that's, that's been the too. study when I talked to a lot of plus size clients about why they would use someone my size at the time who was a size eight, but their, their number one garment they sell is a muumu. That's the actual name of it. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a big, long dress. Right. And they would sell their number one size they would sell was like a 20. But they would use me as a size 8. And so I was curious about all of this. And they're like, actually, we do studies. So we'll show it on you. And then we show it on a size 18. You outsell the size 18 by like 80%. So that's wow, why no we kidding. use you. So I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like even the psychology of... Uh, plus size woman doesn't like to shop off of someone that looks closer to her 
Sure. It's that whole aspirational thing that we've been ingrained with. So there's a lot of like psychology involved and different components that just the general public wants to be like, you are excluding me. And you're like, no, let's hold people accountable for sure. And like we, Zara is a big one for us that we're like, okay, you guys are late to this party. Like the models you're using, come on. They make such cool clothes, but those images are just, it's even hard for me to shop online because I don't even know what that is. Yeah. What's the reference? Yeah. Point. Yeah. And you're like, it's unrealistic. And they, they, no one calls them out. But hey, they've started to use Curve and that's on my dream board. Yeah, so she's Natural <laughs> Models is going to be working with Zara soon. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to show that that sells. So I think for the women listening who are interested in all of this, like if you want things to continue to change, you have to spend your money with the people who are doing the things you like because that's how they go, oh, this is working. Now we have a budget. Let's keep this going. If you don't buy it, guess what? They're going to go back to what worked before, which was you know, the, the for sure bet of Mm. this straight size model. How do you encourage like, yeah, with different, um, retailers getting more broad in their offerings, how do you, is there a way that you can encourage people to shop that? Like you said, to support that if they like that brand, you know, it's that they keep continuing that, that movement. I feel like that's, that comes into play with, I do a lot of social media collaborations with the girls as well. There's so much money in that. It's insane. And more so than modeling. Literally. uh, Influencer? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. The rates are higher than model rates by a lot. Wow. Yeah. Um, So with doing that, I feel like, I mean, we don't watch ads on TV anymore. We're all on Netflix, all that kind of stuff. So when we're bored, we're scrolling our phones and that's our ads we're seeing. And by the brands, you know, spending their money doing the ads with the girls on social media mm-hmm. that and all their followers are like obsessed with them so they all want to wear whatever the hell they're posting right. and i guess and like i guess for us we work with the brands no i get what you're saying you're like the models are actually when they're themselves on social media are actually changing what sells versus the brand doing a campaign okay. so yeah. that's like where we can see, for example, if I do a collab with a beauty company and I have my swipe up, they can see how much, how many sales I got off of my swipe up. And then they go, oh my gosh, she sold a lot for us off of this product. And so it's more about like your marketing on social media. But what's interesting about how this has changed too, is there's cultural um, expectations. So we see a lot of like that Kim K fashion Nova vibe on Instagram where to our models, we're like, Hey, if you face tune yourself that much and you, you want to go for this look, you're going to pigeonhole yourself to those few clients. You can do it. But one, if also, if you're submitting photos to us with completely face tuned face or the dog filter from Snapchat, (laughs) probably a sign that maybe you're not that cute in real life. Like those are just a few tips of you're like, Hey, we really need to change that conversation about business and modeling and social media. And we've had to have some serious talks with some girls, one in particular who was just posting really inappropriate things, drinking on underage drinking, um, like, pretending to give a blowjob to a bottle of alcohol oh, and we're geez, like yeah. oh my god yeah, right. so there's a lot of things working with this new generation that's grown up on social media where they're like they don't really see that there's any um, repercussions of posting those things professionally right and they haven't quite connected the dots between that 
you can do what you want and you're allowed to do that on that space, but you're also then not going to be connected to our company. You're going to be limited in what you can achieve further in life. Yeah, yeah. because what what other company is going to be like, yes, we'd love to attach our name to that. So this <laughs> like, whole Instagram feed of inappropriateness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess that's kind of goes back to what you're saying, Nikki, about uh, working with uh, your talent and the brands on like kind of just really working with them and guiding them, I, I guess. Like yeah, to do I think it's more yeah. so where I was trying to get at with that was how to like get people to buy that the product, I mm-hmm. guess, from our clients. And it's also like something that I've really jumped on recently, especially because I'm all about that numbers game. I want to get that on the dashboard right. up, up, up. So I know that like on the side, whilst I'm booking all these bookings, I know I can literally just signed the $60,000 one yesterday for Instagram. So it's like when I'm doing things like that, it's like that's just going to up us, but I'm doing that on the side, you know? And it's also side money for the girl, you know, where she can still go work her every single day of the week and then she can go and shoot this content on the weekend and she's making extra money and yeah. f ton of money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting with that social media side because what has happened is everyone's telling models just be your authentic self okay we've talked to new york agencies about this and they're like oh my god our models drive us crazy on instagram and i'm like but it's your fault because you've told all of these girls how to do their hair what they can wear what they can post what they can't post how to walk how to do every possible thing you've criticized and then you say be your authentic self. Yeah, you they have no idea yeah. what their authentic self is. Right. So it's really unfair. And they're like, Katie, you should come talk to our models. I'm like, <laughs> no, you should be talking to your models. Yeah. They're not my models. You've talked to them. But that's the issue is you're like, we really try to lead by example in that using your platform to work with clients, but not caring so much about the number, caring about how you're portraying yourself. Like, are you speaking up about things you care about. And so many models don't because they're like, Ooh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. So yeah. I'm just going to post about this bra. And I'm like, really? Because you were just in our office talking about all these really empowering, important issues, but you're not using your platform to make a difference in that. So are you really that empowered? Are you really that free when you're being controlled by the fear of people not liking you, you know? Right. And, and it's, it's tricky. And you've worked a lot. I Obviously we follow you guys both and, and the natural, uh, account on Instagram and you're very vocal mm-hmm. about expressing your true self mm-hmm. and speaking out. Has that been hard? W- was there like, yeah, I get a lot of criticism right? and, but I'm a strong personality. So we talk about this too. I think everybody should really identify what, you know, we're big into astrology. So that helps me be like, Oh, these are my traits and they're yeah. so effing true. <laughs> um, but just being conscious of your your powerful traits and your positive traits, as well as your weaknesses, because we all have them and then going, okay, I know this is a weakness for me. And I think our company works well like that because all of our strengths are different and Mm -hmm. all of our weaknesses are someone else's strengths. So we really help each other and we know our role and we know what we're good at. And then we're, we're totally fine with being like, you know, I suck at this. So I'm going to hand this over yeah. to you. And we're like, yeah, I got it. Like, and we don't give me any numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. Somebody please type this up for me. So I don't look completely dumb. But that's like um, going back to like what we talked about earlier. Like you guys are working as a team and yes. building and not competing with yes. each other. It's like yeah. a family, a team yeah. in the office. That's for sure. But I do want girls to speak out about important things. And that's why I do it because I can't 
make people do anything and I wouldn't want to, but I can at least be live, lead by example to say, Hey, I'm able to have a following and I don't just post bikini pictures. Right. Like I talk about things that matter and people, clients are wanting to work with me, even though my following's not as high because I'm a quote unquote disruptor is what they call it. Hmm. They're looking for people that want to talk about issues. and Creating attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that are strong in their convictions about like, Hey, this is wrong. And why are we tolerating that? And, it's hard when you put yourself in the position for people to project onto you or to like, you know, it can be triggering for a lot of people when you talk about those touchy topics, but at the same time, it's important. So especially in the evolution of working with young girls, how could I not be talking about things that are harming them and female empowerment if I'm responsible for 80 young women? Right. Like how am I not, why shouldn't I even be held to that expectation when that is our job? And probably so, not even just uh, the talent that you work with, but everyone that looks up to you and is following you yeah. on, on these social channels. Yeah. And there's girls we've seen, it does do that. Like we were even just saying, Jarlene, she has all these young girls following her and she she posts like really character type stuff. Like she definitely has a persona on Instagram that she's good at, but she also posts like really powerful things for girls of color and like all of the girls that are like her of saying like, you shouldn't date a guy that treats you like this, A, B, and C, and she's in high school. So for someone like her to use her platform to give other young girls who are looking up to her healthy messaging, that is like, that's what we're trying to do. (laughs) Is you're going, it's not about me. We're all going to follow. We naturally follow people that we want to look like. Like if we talk to models and you're like, who's your favorite supermodel? They all say the person they look kind of like. Sure. It's just a natural <laughs> thing we do. Like yeah. it's one of those like psychology things. We favor people that we think are pretty that maybe kind of look like us. That's how Instagram works too. We follow. That's why you're my favorite yeah. model. That's why Nikki's <laughs> obsessed with me. Yeah. No, she found me on Instagram. That's how we became friends, which is also I, fun. I was going to ask, uh, just, <laughs> just really briefly good story. Yeah, tell break the story. I do want to ask, yeah, yeah. How you guys met and how you started working with natural. Well, I, um, I was living in, I'm from Australia, but I was living in New Zealand, um, Auckland. Um, and I was following, I feel like I say six years every year and I've definitely been working at natural for two. So maybe it's been (laughs) eight years ago. Um, I was following healthy as a new skinny and Katie and, um, I just really loved the messaging behind all of that. I knew nothing about natural models. I didn't even know that she owned it. And then um, I ended up moving over here four years ago and uh, she was hosting a Healthy as New Skinny event at a gym and I was like, oh, you know, I want to go. But my, and my sister was, I moved over here to be with my sister. I was a nanny, blah, 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 blah to that. Um, and then my sister was out of town and I was like, oh, I really don't want to go to this thing by myself. And my sister's like, no, you have to go. That's like your idol right there. Like you have to go. I was like, whatever. And, (laughs) um, I literally crop every single thing I own. So I had a healthiest new skinny hoodie and I had it cropped. I had that on and I went to the, um, event and it was amazing. And then afterwards I was like, can I get a photo? And she's like, oh my God, you cropped this hoodie. It looks so cute. And we kind of like <laughs> bonded over that. And then, uh, got my photo and it's literally on my Instagram. If you scroll down, it's, it's quote unquote says I met my Beyonce today, which is oh, the craziest wow. fucking thing ever. It's awesome. awesome yeah. But, um, yeah. So then we, I went to the next event cause we like kind of connected and it was at the children's hospital and my sister came to that one and that one was so inspiring to me. We stayed afterwards. Um, 
And I was like, how can I be involved in Healthy as New Skinny? Like, I have a job. I'm all good. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want money. I just want to be more involved because, like, they've changed my life without knowing. Right. Um, so then uh, we connected afterwards and my sister's baby is a week older than Katie's daughter, True. So we started doing play dates and uh, I connected with her assistant at the time. Her name was Sam. She's really cool. And um, I would just go in and help, like, just help around with Healthy's new skinny stuff, send out hoodies and, you know, just like be around. I wanted to just be more involved and around yeah. like like-minded people. Um, anyway, and then I was still nannying and then out of the freaking blue, Brad calls me and he's <laughs> like, hey, we want to offer you a job. I was like, what the heck am I going to do? And I was like, what do you mean? And like, mind you, I'd been nannying for 11 years. So I kind of was at the top making great money and it's like a hard thing when I was 27, you know, 27, like, do I want to start a new career? I know it's going to be much lower pay to start. Like I, I knew nothing about right, you got to start over and work. Yeah. Up. yeah. So I was like, mm, you know, like, and we were friends as well. So I was like, it's also scary when you're working for a friend. So we went in with the mentality of let's just do an internship part time so I could still nanny part time. So I went in and within two weeks they were like eh, full time. And I was like. <laughs> shivers okay yeah. i'm doing this and i knew like i had to pay my dues for like at least the first year and and it was it was really tough because i my sister then had moved home and i was like living by myself paying way more rent than what i was doing before um so but i did it and i stuck through because i really i didn't know that i'd be so good at it but it was just it just happened naturally and i you can't teach someone this job so then I started really liking it. And then the head booker at the time, um, she she was, didn't want to, like, do it full-time anymore. So then I took on the full-time – I mean, not full-time – the head booker position. And <laughs> the rest is history, wow. really. It's insane. That's it's a pretty amazing funny. story, yeah. especially for people wanting to know how you get into oh, the industry. Like, there's how another you get into really it. cool like, part. I don't know. Like, I just follow my idol and, yeah. you know, befriended yeah. my name on instagram is naturally nikki and i changed it to that before i even met katie isn't that weird it's meant to be and everyone it was meant to be it's but that's everyone like, thinks that that's how the power like I said, duo i'm a pisces <laughs> and this shit happens to me yeah. all the time and that's why i don't worry about it because we don't operate in a traditional way so when i'm like i really need another person and uh, the booker we had before was great for that period of time as we were building, but we, she's not very personable and she's admits this, like she's same thing. She's a Scorpio, super good <laughs> with like extremely intelligent, mm. yeah. sharp as a tack, gets all her work done super quick, not very personable in this job. You need both. Like you have sure. to have that, you have to be able to get on the phone and like talk to people. And so with Nikki, um, like we said, we could have hired a booker, a seasoned booker. And we were like, we th honestly, I don't want one because they're used to doing it one way that I don't think is necessarily the best way. And I'd rather take someone and teach them the business, which you can teach. I can't teach someone to be like kind and trustworthy and right. funny and a hustler and like all those qualities that are what we're looking for. So those are the things that you kind of have to pick and choose. And my mom is a hospital administrator. And so when she does hiring, she says the same thing. She's like, man, there's some people that have these really amazing resumes, but I can just tell 
like they're not going to be good for the group. (laughs) And so I would choose someone with a little bit less experience that is a go-getter and has a really great personality and is fun to be around because I can teach them those other things. I can't teach you the core principles of being a good work like employee. So um, when we started working with Nikki, we're like, man, she shows up and asks to volunteer. And I'm like, so that where we met her the second time was we um, did a two week self-love course with the girls at the children's hospital here in LA, which is also interesting because they're teenagers and a lot of them are on hormones for different illnesses, chronic illness. So it makes them gain weight and they might have like a lot of bloating in the face and all these different medical components that change their body. But when people donate clothes to the children's hospital, they think of little kids. So they send size smalls and like all the little stuff and this demographic of girls kind of get forgotten. And so they tried to do an event there that was to make them feel good, like a photo shoot type thing, but none of the clothes fit and it ended up backfiring and making them feel worse about themselves. And so I was like, someone wrote me on Instagram was like, would you be willing to do this? And we're like, yeah, of course. So we came and we did two weeks of um, kind of like self-love course and, there was one girl in there that drove me insane. I was like, she, it was like such a beautiful lesson though about like our own judgments. She would just be like sleeping and act like she didn't care. Like while we were talking and they're in the class and she'd come in late and then she would just be like, whatever. And I would go through this whole lesson plan and she would go, okay, but if like, a guy says you have like a big butt. That's like a good thing though. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I'd literally be like banging my head against the desk and go, okay, so what do you think is going to benefit you in life? Finishing high school or what a guy thinks about your butt. And she would think about it and be like, "Mm, probably finishing high school. And I'm like, okay, so let's move on to that next level. And talking to these girls, we asked them, a lot of them are um, Hispanic who grew up in inner city LA. And we would ask them like, what are your dreams? Like, let's pick one. We're going to talk about that. They don't have one. Well, not one. No, they didn't. They all just drew blanks about where they wanted to go. I was like, it could be anything. I'm like, you can do anything you want. Like, literally make it up. I don't even care if it sounds crazy. Like, what would you do if you could do anything? Hmm. I never really thought of that. And I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. So we really worked with them on those things. One of the girls was like, I love photography, but my dad says that I'm as a girl, like I couldn't do that as a real job and that's stupid and this and that. And I was, so whenever I work on set with female photographers, I would send her a picture and be like, oh, look, another oh, professional cool. female photographer. Yeah. Oh, look, here's another one. Oh, look, a whole female crew. Like just really challenging those ideas because again, you have, you have cultural identity and Mm -hmm. and beliefs, you have generational ones and you have all of these different things that compile onto, Oh, if I could just be a model and you're like, Oh my God. So, but the power of making people feel beautiful is very powerful. So we hit up all of our plus size clients, told them what we were doing. They sent loads of boxes of bags and clothes and shoes. And we did a makeup. We got makeup artists to come and we gave them like a real makeover and they got to keep all the clothes and we did it by what they liked. It wasn't like, we're going to make you stylish. One girl was like goth. So we got her all like hot topic. topic. Yeah. We got her like the coolest goth (laughs) stuff. It was just whatever, awesome. whatever they liked. We got them things that that celebrated their taste and their personality. And then we did a photo shoot with them and the models like showed them how to move and stuff. So the graduation, all the parents came and got to see the photos and they were all crying. So oh and like gosh, It was yeah. really beautiful. And that girl that I was saying drove me crazy came up to us at the end and she's like, 
I just want you to know, like I was really suicidal and I just didn't want to be here. And like, you just showed me that I don't have to, to put up with other people's crap. And like, I don't have to let guys treat me like crap and all this stuff. And I was like, you were listening the whole time you were pretending to be asleep. You were listening to me. Oh, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I went home and I told my husband, I'm like, I'm such an asshole. Like she was the one that drove me crazy. But she's the one but that she needed got you. it. She got it. So like, those are the things that Nikki and I try to really be a part of to counterbalance sometimes the superficial, like negative components of the industry. Cause there's a lot. And when we do those things, we like get brought back to reality where we're like, okay, we're again, we're working with the 1% of right. people that genetically were blessed to photograph in a certain way. But the 99% can really be affected in a beautiful way if we're able to have that messaging reach them in a way they can receive it. So it's all complicated and complex and we're just trying to work in a way that helps people feel good and not take things personally because it is a business where everyone takes things personally. We know there are probably people that talk mad shit about us. That's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. we still wish them well. Who's going to hate. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, yeah. but we still wish them well. Like, and I think that was a, a Kill them with kindness. Yeah. yeah. And that's and maturity. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be 35 and I started at this agency at 25 completely different mentality. Wow. Yeah, totally. So I feel very proud of like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so evolved. <laughs> like I genuinely don't care if they hate me. Yeah. Like that's a cool place to be. Well, and you you have different priorities as well. You became a mom, you know, your wife, you, you know, you have a staff now, people that you're working with and also through natural are kind of helping these young women grow and become themselves. Like you just mentioned and, and that's being really powerful. Older, yeah. They were, they perceive me differently. Like I'm not a threat now because I'm like older and I have a kid and like, right. I'm like, you know, when you used to think of your teachers and you're like, Oh my God, they're like ancient and you see them at the grocery store and you're like, this is weird, <laughs> but they're like 25, <laughs> you know, it's such a weird perspective. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't feel any older, but the way that the young girls perceive me is like, I'm like a mom. So I now was talking to Nikki and I was saying that's going to happen for her as well, where it went from when I was 25 and some of these girls are 22, mm -hmm. then it was more competitive or like the, that weird underlying, like we couldn't possibly be helping each other. There's got to be some like right. evil plan here for girls. So that's changed also, but just being with true it, it is my daughter she's in our office and we have a nanny there as well so nikki like has helped raise her since she was born also and it's just a completely different dynamic we're not high fashion mm -hmm. we can book right. that though and we're yeah. happy to but we don't have to live that life like we live a normal like life where we love kids and we love sports and we love working out and just like a healthy happy place to be and so that's what we hope girls can learn from being around us as well I love that. That's amazing. Um, you you kind of touched on it a little bit. And I do want to get this into the podcast. The um, and the whole and how Nikki, you met Katie through the Healthy is the New Skinny, and I want you to tell us a little bit more about what that means and what it is and how did you start it. Like, yes, it's so a big topic. I know, but uh, it is. How much time do we yeah, have? Yeah, it's what I'll I'll <laughs> condense it. Um, okay. So I started in the industry as a curve model when I was 17. I was playing competitive volleyball. So I was basically the size I am right now, working out for four hours a day and um, went to an open call. It was right when plus size just started, like junior plus. And I booked my first job off of Polaroid. Never had a photo shoot, didn't have a test shoot, nothing. I just showed up. It was really bad on the agent's part to do that to me because <laughs> I was wow. like, you know, when you go into a studio, it 
now once you've seen it, you're like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of clothes. There's lights. There's sets. A little intimidating. And, yeah. yeah. And from the outside, you would never guess it looks like a warehouse, you know? And then you go in, you're like, what? So I remember going to, it looked like a garage. And I'm like, this can't be where I'm shooting. And I go in and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. So I did a lot of the hand on the hip. That was my signature pose. And oh, I nice. don't know how yeah. they rehired me, but they did. <laughs> um, but going into the industry that way of being a normal size and being called plus size before we had an understanding of what that was, was basically saying like, oh, you're fat. That's how that was perceived. And that's how the industry viewed plus size models for a right. very long time. Totally, yeah. It was 100% biased and you didn't get the same hair and makeup. You didn't get the same cute clothes. You got you know, a sparkly glittery shirt and like some cropped pants. Like it wasn't, and you can't, every time you went to work, you knew that you didn't get treated the same or get portrayed the same as the skinnier girls just because you were a bigger size. Right. It wasn't that your face wasn't pretty. It was, oh, you're the plus size girl. So wah, wah, wah. we're just going to spend less time and attention on you. And yeah. the things that people would say were like shocking. I had one makeup artist one time when I showed up, he goes, oh, thank God it's you. I didn't know what cow we were going to have to shoot later, but you're not oh even plus. Oh my God. God. No, no, no. Yeah. He was yeah. like, you're not even plus. And I was like, did you really just say that? What, like cow? Yeah. Oh and I'm God. like that, but that's literally what they thought. And so a lot of that has changed, I think, from the high fashion side where they're now starting to be like, oh, this looks beautiful too, I guess. Like, you know, that's literally yeah. where it's at. It's like, maybe we could throw in one. Um, but so all of that, I was working with all these straight size girls and I'd never seen that. Like I'm from Wyoming, like I said. So I'm like, this is the skinniest human being I have ever seen in my life. And she's talking about how she thinks she's fat. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, my agents measured me and my hips are two inches too big. I have to like try to get that down. And I'm like, where are you, you supposed you to lose weight from? Yeah. I, I was like dumbfounded. Down. I'm like, your skeleton could literally fit inside my skeleton. Like, how are you supposed to get any smaller? And a girl shared a story with me. And they're so, some of these girls are so pretty too, that this was such a great lesson for me. Cause I would be looking at them and I'm like, do you know how many people would like die to look like you? And here we are you hate yourself right and you're t listing off every flaw about your body you're not eating you're over exercising all for what like what are we doing this for like for for money or for, for yeah, like fit in. why yeah. and that was the journey that got me to really look at healthy as a new skinny because i'm like what messaging are we sending to young women who look at these pictures because i know the girls themselves don't like themselves so we portray them in this way of like, your life's so great if you look like this, but the reality is it's miserable. And then you look at people who are a normal healthy size and they're being called plus size. Right. Like, like we the, talked about, yeah. The mental health component of like how manipulative that is for young women. And I was like, if anything, we should replace the goal of being skinny with the goal of being healthy because that's something that is diverse and it fits a large spectrum. Whereas being skinny is not a large spectrum. It's one thing that is not natural for the majority of people. Totally. So that's how it started. I started a blog and I started talking about um, my experience of being gaining weight and being celebrated for gaining weight, then losing weight and getting in shape and feeling good about myself and losing all my clients, taking it too far like every other girl does because I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? This is all I've done yeah. since I was 17. If I can just lose, you know, four more inches um, and turn into a crazy person just like everyone else. So the smallest I got was a size six and I was still doing like weight watchers and diet stuff. 
at the skinniest I'd ever been. Oh I was still gosh. doing like big girl things. Were you trying to find like the balance in, in yeah, yeah. With all those different changes? I think I was just still stuck in the identity of like, if I'm not this, if I'm not a model, then what am I? So okay. I was willing to like sacrifice my health to still be able to like cling to that identity, mm-hmm. even though it was harmful for me. So when I got to that place and I, I licked frosting off a baking sheet one day, <laughs> Because <laughs> I made cupcakes for a barbecue and I was like, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to have any. And then I ended up having some and like sat on my floor and cried like a crazy person. And I just had that like epiphany where I'm like, what the F? This is not me. This is yeah. not my personality. I don't know what is going on. And this is a very short period of time that this happened. And I just like cried to my husband, my now husband, he's a boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, F this, like I'm quitting F this industry. This is what it does to people. And I'm not even like this. And he's like, look, you can quit. You can totally do that. And that's justified. He's like, but if you quit, like who's going to help change it? And then that like totally triggered that like fighter side of me. Cause yeah, I had that too. Where I was like, out, you know what? Heck yeah. Like we're going to fuck this up. <laughs> you can be that if you want, but no, say, I was literally like that passionate about it. I was like, what do I have nothing to lose at this yeah. point? I'm at rock bottom. So I already lost a lot of my clients. I already was like, I'm just going to start talking and saying the truth about what's going on. And I started with the blog and then all these models would write me secretly and be like, please don't say this, but I feel this way too. And my agents measure me this and I have an eating disorder. So I got really involved in the eating disorder community from this work. And then over the 10 years, we were the first ones on social media that actually talked about it when Instagram started. And so we got a really big following quickly of girls that were sharing their stories and we would repost it. And then it kind of took a turn where body positivity went sexual and we didn't jump on that bandwagon because there's, as I got into it, a lot of what these girls experience is sexual abuse, um, traumatic experiences when it comes to their body eating disorders. So there's like so many different components there that by sending the message that loving yourself is being sexual, it's very confusing for young women. And it's also toxic because they're two different things. Totally. And yeah. so, but it gets you followers and that's when people figure that out that you can show your butt and your boobs and say it's because you love yourself as a disclaimer and get all of the male followers no it's they have to dance in their underwear in the morning while they're oh the, breakfast. okay let's name them off okay if for all the women listening dancing in your underwear while you're making your breakfast and it's supposed to look like this was just an organic thing that you set up your camera it's just you and how many takes did that was your that? stove isn't even on <laughs> yeah did you did you shoot that four yeah. times and then cut out the part that you liked your butt the best in like when we start really looking at what's being portrayed as authentic, Seriously. we can see that it's like ridiculous. Right. And so I've just always had a strong stance against that. And we always stayed true to the message that like, this is more mental, emotional work. And when you care for your mental health and your physical health, like in emotional health, everything evolves to a healthier state. So we I were programmed yeah. with diet culture, which is like, Oh, the whole problem is that you just need to lose weight. And you're like, wait, I've known tons of women who've lost a lot of weight, still hate themselves. So that's not the problem. So what, let's start figuring out why we think this way. And that led me down a really interesting path to understanding like our conscious mind, and our subconscious mind and how our brain stores information, especially from advertising. And a lot of that is connected to the feelings and desires we repress about ourselves. So right. 
we all have sides of ourselves we don't show. And when I talk to groups of kids, I'm like, why don't we show who we really are on social media? And they're like, because you're vulnerable. And I'm like, exactly. It's much easier for us to Photoshop ourselves and just show what we know we'll get likes instead of showing ourselves. And so right. we're protecting ourselves, but we're repressing who we really are. When we do that, I know that people repress themselves sexually. They repress themselves um, for the types of jobs they would like to do or mm -hmm. their dreams and aspirations. So when you look at advertising and how it changed throughout history, it used to be about the quality of a product and why you needed it. So in the 1950s, it was like, these pantyhose will last you for four years and they're the best. <laughs> and they would show durability. And like now you yeah, look at some value in, in, yeah, in the product. Yeah. Now you look at a car commercial and you have no idea what the F they're selling. It's like Ma Matthew Mahonic, Mahonic, McConaughey, McConaughey <laughs> rolling a booger. Did you see that? No, skit? Uh, well, he's, doing, he's doing that weird commercial where you're like, what is even happening? How is yeah, this a car? Tell me on Matthew McConaughey or the car. I don't right. know. I kind of want to hang out with him now. They're yeah. selling you yeah. the, the lifestyle of a man that is right. empowered okay. and what that looks like. It had nothing to do with a car. So that's when I started to really study advertising and like understanding my role as a model and now as a agent to be like, oh, okay. So all of this is really connected and fascinating. Yeah. And it's so complex that these really generic ideas about self-love and health don't even touch the surface of the reality of, of countless years of manipulation by the media. So totally. that's what I love is taking, taking things from an emotional standpoint to an intellectual one. And that's the work that we've done through Healthy as a New Skinny. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that yeah. with us and the listeners. Um, in closing, uh, any final comments or what should we look forward to with natural models in the coming year in 2020? And where can we find you guys? We online? are killing it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Every like every quarter we've gone up since we started. So this is gonna be our ten year marker of being Ooh, open. Congrats. Thank you. It's huge. And August was a record breaker for us. It was fucking insane. It was crazy. <laughs> and Hell yeah. we're just like we just get so excited for the growth and it's just going up and up and up and like we said that we're getting jobs we would have never gotten before like we have girls on hold for a mac cosmetic campaign never in a million years so cool. yeah. would they be going to curve girls for that so every day it's like these new opportunities that are just beyond exciting and we know that the talent we have um, we have some really big girl, like top girls that are making a shit ton of money and we started them from nothing. And so we always get that. We're like, Oh, we're scared that these big agencies, they try and pluck them like the IMGs of the world. They try to come in and be like, we'll make you a star. And yeah. sometimes girls fall for it. And we've had really loyal, amazing girls that are like, no, Nikki hustles for me more than anyone. And I know like I would never want to lose her. So we have that loyalty with our girls, which is also really exciting. I feel like people are coming to us now mm -hmm. we just signed a girl who already has such a big name for herself in the industry and i posted her yesterday on my story and like i said earlier in this podcast like mm -hmm. my dms are full of women mm -hmm. like and they all want to be a part of natural and i feel like since going to fashion week really proved that like we aren't this little agency anymore that people might have thought we were and right. people want to be on our board which is so cool you're making and waves and you're doing big yeah. things. We really are competing with everyone yeah. else. Well, I don't want to say competing, but you're you're showing up to the event with everyone else and you're we're becoming it. the threat. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting is in the, the very beginning, yeah. 
the very beginning when we opened, people literally like mocked us and thought we were a joke. And then when we started showing up on the call sheets, then they started saying that I, this is literally what they would tell girls that I just steal all the models jobs and book myself, which we were laughing. I was like, okay, when in in what reality would that even work as a client to be like calling? I'd like to book um, these four models. And then me going, I'm sorry. No. they're not available but i am like that would be the craziest cringiest weirdest thing in the world to do and when the other models and girls like come out and say it they'd be like hey i didn't work that show like i'm not getting any work yeah Yeah. katie's stealing all my jobs (laughs) it was just the other agencies telling models who wanted to be with us that that's what's happening so it didn't it didn't take long for people to realize that wasn't the case and for our girls to be working so much Mm -hmm. and i think now after fashion week and certain things there's we have one really 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 big job shooting on monday and i wish i could tell everybody but i can't well we'll look for it for sure yes i think it's definitely hands down the biggest thing we've booked so far apart from savage show that was it's really amazing since this podcast won't air until later could you do you feel comfortable talking about it or no you don't have to yeah when is it out i'm not sure when it comes out which one but it's shooting on Monday. It's okay. okay. I haven't signed well, NDAs. Okay, you can say it. We booked a girl on Playboy. <laughs> and I'm so excited <laughs> about awesome. it. Yeah. Having that meeting yeah. in Playboy a couple of months ago was like such a pinch me moment like the Savage show was. It's like, what am I doing? That's Sitting so at cool. the Playboy also, mansion yeah. table right oh now. Gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. It was cool. But they completely revamped they after after Hef died. And now they're going for more like editorial, it's like beautiful. So beautiful. It's yeah. almost like back to what Playboy was when it started. It was all like really beautiful black and white and artistic. It didn't turn into the other mm-hmm. thing till later. Right. So that's been cool to see. They're going like a fashion mm-hmm. route. So getting all the body types in on that. But yeah. I think too overall, like the way that we're treating girls and the way yeah. that we work with them as a team versus just like the power dynamic being completely in our hands is putting pressure on the other agencies. Yeah. Um, because girls are like, well, at natural, they tell me stuff. Yeah. And why don't you guys give me any information about these things that I deserve to know as a, as a business person who's working with you, yeah. totally. a 1099 employee, you should have access to your chart and information but we weren't able to really give the girls that before syngency's done that exactly again i'm not just trying to like blow you guys up like that even though it's amazing but i i swear by it and i just in new york i had meetings with all the agencies and i was like pitching syngency to them as well i'm like you guys are all crazy not being on it but i also feel like it is a different mentality out Mm -hmm. there as well i'm with other agencies they don't want their girls to know they don't as much transparency no but don't want them to have any power because if i'm not making my model happy and they're like talking shit out there or whatever, or or I could just communicate everything with the girl. She can see it, mm-hmm. and if she doesn't make money, I don't make money. Yeah. So we're yeah, we're the in this work? together, yeah. and Syngency definitely gives us that for sure. That's and amazing. it holds yeah. the models accountable as right. well because you can back it up with the data. Yeah, the, yeah, Literally. data is everything. Yeah. Thing because they can come in and be like, oh, I haven't. Oh, why am I not doing this? We're like, wow, we just saw that you turned down the last. Yeah, you six declined casting. these bookings. Yeah, like we can see that you denied, you declined this, and you you didn't get us the content we needed for this job. We like so they're held accountable too for the effort that they're making or not making when it comes to the conversations about their career that they, we can log right. their behavioral patterns also instead of all of our like ideas about 
how we think we are because I think that's what we said to psychology. We all have very warped perceptions about ourselves and with stringency, it's like, this is just facts. So let's pull this up. And if we pull you up and we haven't been promoting you, then we go, oh man, I thought yeah. I had, okay, maybe I'm going to do a But why push. wouldn't I promote and someone? It, and it makes why, us go, you know, and that's what they think. I know. Right. Sometimes. In that event. You can look at the data yeah. and just be like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. We need it. Let's book yeah. you a few more gigs or like, yeah. let's push it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they think once they see mm-hmm. that, then they know. I don't really get responses after I send them like the screenshots of all the packages. <laughs> yeah, <been>. exactly. Because <laughs> what if you're not working and no you've what? literally been in 250 packages? Then now it's on them, and so they have to be like, okay, how do I process that? So those are all like really important things to think about, and we're also moving in the direction of like mm-hmm. how can we right. better teach new talent because people forget like we have these conversations a thousand times a day it's like repeat for us so at times we're like oh man i just don't have time to go through the whole spiel of like the new model thing because i have this meeting or whatever so we're working on doing a whole video series for our talent that walks them through hey we're going to show you what e-com modeling looks like here's what a mark is here's why you stand on your mark and why you don't want to go in front or behind it here's what basic e-com movement looks like it's not what you think here's how you model a jacket here's what you do if you're sitting on a stool so we're giving them all the information and it's their job to have hustle and to study because we can tell if they don't so now it's no longer like are we helping you because agencies don't have the time Mm -hmm. to coach every model they really don't and technically that is the model's responsibility as a 1099 contractor to work on her own abilities but if no one gives them the information that's just dumb like we're all going to fail in that so that's one thing we're creating video series to give people the information to give them everything they need to succeed and then that's amazing i love that you guys are creating your own tools for for natural and your talent Mm -hmm. that's so cool and then last but not least where can can people find you on the internet how can they follow you and see what you're up to you can find us go to our website which is www.naturalmodelsla.com that's where you submit to become a model and if you go to our instagram which is at natural models la you can go to our tv igtv and we have a whole video answering all of your common questions about how to submit photos so that's a great tool for you guys to to have the best chance possible of us seeing you and um yeah healthy is a new skinnies instagram we go back and forth on there and you'll find nikki Woo-hoo. and i on there as Woo-hoo. well um but oh that's my god it. dandy i wish we just could be here dandy. but he's holding so at the office right dandy now. yeah shout out danny dandy we'll meet dandy <laughs> dandy <laughs> dandy we, okay. well it's danny but we call him dandy he's very he's fabulous like and he's like Rock. Part of I our don't girl know squad. what I would be doing without him at Natural, especially as yeah. we've grown so much over the last six months. Yeah. Amazing, and he was cool. best friends with one of our models. So he was her gay best friend. Oh my and he God. definitely <laughs> wanted to be a plus size model himself. Yeah. <laughs> and he loves the industry so much. And we were looking for another person and same thing happened. He was like, he volunteered it. He's like, if you guys ever just need someone as an intern, I would like work for free. I just love everything about this so much. And we were like, <laughs> we might have a you know what? Yeah. We actually are. And when he started, it was the same thing. It just clicked. He's so great with everything and he loves this business as much as we do so everything we do is just we're all super excited and happy for 
for awesome. all the work and the growth. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. It's been a and pleasure. What a fun time. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of Booked on Stingency, and I uh, hope you liked it. Uh, leave us a comment. Give us some feedback. Uh, your feedback's really important to us. It helps us navigate future episodes and what we should include, questions we should ask, people we should interview. Um, let us know what you liked and you didn't like and what maybe some of your favorite takeaways were from this episode. Um, it all really helps, and um, we appreciate you listening. So uh, give us a follow on Instagram at stingency.ig on Twitter and Facebook at Singency and uh, we'll see you in 2020. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday and a happy new year and stay safe out there. See you soon on Booked on Singency.